Hey, Howard Hings, this is Mark here, and welcome back to the Premier League Football Show um, in conjunction with the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Welcome back, lads. Nice to see you again. Evening, Squire. Just uh, look, full disclosure to everyone watching this, this is recorded a couple of days in advance for editing everything else, so we don't know the fates of any of the teams um, in the Europa League, or well, the Europa League is on today, but in the Champions League, if there's a god out there, both Liverpool and City's after being knocked out, but I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, good luck to you tonight, Ronan, uh, virtually, even though today is a couple of days in advance. So look, what we're going to talk about today, um, we said at the end of the podcast the last time, and I've been asked, this is the question I've been asked the most, I support Manchester United, I'm always giving out, I'm never really talking about them, we're always talking about the boys' three clubs, which we are. That's fair enough, that's because I have the boys on and they know all about them and they've great insight and there's a bit of banter and it's fun, but I do realise that I don't talk about my own team and when I do, I'm giving out all of the time. So I have to hold my hands up and kind of apologise, but I think I should be giving out because they're a disgrace. So look, we're going to be talking about United and then we're going to be talking about the games at the, at the weekend, what we thought uh, happened, who we think is going to win the league. So mad results happened, um, who's going to go down, does the dynamic change, is Spurs going to end up finishing fourth after all that we just said off air there. If you asked me six weeks ago, would Spurs finish for it? I, would, I wouldn't have put 20 euros of your money on it. So it's crazy. It's crazy what's happening in this league. Brilliant game on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about that. Jesus Christ, two of the best teams you've ever seen in your life. And for different reasons. And Liverpool, by the way, even though it was a draw and Man City played much better, I was never more impressed with a football team. And I'll go into that when it's my turn to talk about Wow, fucking we. Um, Manchester United, if anyone doesn't know, and this is their first podcast uh, to watch, we have Ronan, Beck and Dan. Um, Ronan is on my top there. He is the West Ham man, so he is impartial when it comes to Manchester United. Beck and Dan are Man City and Liverpool, so this will be an interesting uh, Manchester United podcast. Uh, the question that I asked the lads, or the question that I want the lads to answer is, and obviously I will as well, is that rather than the United shit, uh, you shouldn't have bought Ronaldo, it's not working with Ranyak, all this kind of stuff that everyone else is talking about in every other podcast, and regurgitating what Gary Neville's saying on TV, I want us to talk about what do the lads think need to be done to improve United next season and the season after that? Not to win the league or not to anything, just to play a cohesive blend of football. Uh, it might seem like it's an easy thing to do, just get in a manager and you play away, but in United that doesn't seem to be happening. There seems to be leaks everywhere. The club is riddled with cancer from top to bottom. And I'd be very, very interested to find out what the boys think that would be the right thing to do. So, look, thanks for coming if it's the first time here. Um, please like, subscribe, all that jazz. Thank you for anyone who's done it. You can make a one-time donation to the PayPal. It's paypal.me forward slash clockworkjunkie. The link is in the description as per usual. Thank you to anyone who's done that. And thank you to anyone who's going to do it today. So, Manchester United. Oh, Jesus. Um, I have two things to say about Manchester United. And the two of them are different things, and they're about two or three minutes long. So I'll, I'll say the first thing first, then I'll ask the lads what they think, and then I'll say the second thing. Um, the first thing for me is uh, the problem starts at the top. And I know Dan said it a couple of podcasts ago, and, and I, I didn't check you on it when you said it because I just let it go. But you were saying that, like, I was saying that the Glazers is the problem at Manchester United. And you says, but you weren't saying that when they were winning. You're right. And that's what every other fan says that's not a Manchester United fan. You, don't, you, you didn't say that when you were winning. But the reason for that was... Ferguson was there. There was a culture at the club of winners. Now, I'm not saying when Ferguson left that he didn't leave an agent team. He most certainly did. And, and he probably shouldn't have done that. That's something that I said at the time to a lot of close mates of mine. I said, he's gone now. The year before that, I remember City won the league on the last day of the season. We bought Van Persie. That, that, that's the only person we bought. And we went on to win the league. That was it. Off he went. Um, 
He left us with a bang average team at that stage. But a lot of our best players were aging players. But what's happened since that from the top is the following, right? Manchester United was bought by the Glazers, who aren't football fans. We all know that already, but they're very, very good business people. So when if they're given an option of buying Dan, Deck, or Ronan as a new player, and I'm the manager, and I say, I want one of those, but I'd like to get Ronan because he's a nice touch. They're saying that Dan is more commercial. So you're getting Dan. Because when Dan puts on our jersey, he will sell more uh, jerseys, he'll sell more uh, shirts, whatever it is. So you're not getting Ronan, you're getting Dan. So I didn't believe this was happening at United for ages. I remember Jose Mourinho wanted to buy Matt Hummels. And he, he was told, no, you're not getting him. Because he was too old. He's not the best player in the world, but he was better than what United had at the moment. Mourinho wanted him, and he didn't get him. Ralph Raniak wanted to buy a player in the January transfer window. He was told, no, you're, you're not getting a player. And then Jesse Lingard was kind of a bit of a virus in the club because he was told he could stay and he'd play and he didn't play and then he wanted to go in January and Ralph says you can go the club said no so a lot of the managers down through the period when Ferguson was gone and now the matriarch of the club was gone the, the, the board seemed to make all the decisions for everybody and the decision is as follows my boss is the Glaciers they hired me to make United commercial and that's what I'm doing that's happening. That's an absolute fact. That's what's happening. I remember myself and I have a lot of good friends of mine who are season ticket holders. And this is a story I might have mentioned on the podcast before. If I didn't, you can go and check it out. It's a fact. When Bastian, and I'm saying all this for a reason, by the way, when Bastian Schweinsteiger came to United, it was between him, Vidal and a young lad. And they were told you're getting Bastian Schweinsteiger because he was the most popular person. You, you were, they were told. So there's a lot of players at Manchester United, Maguire, Rashford, and so on. <coughs> That who, if the new manager is Jesus Christ and he comes in, he won't be allowed to sell them. That's the way it is at the moment. You can't, you have to play some players, you can't, and you think that this isn't happening. It's 100% happening at United. The club, Gary Neville was saying that the, the, all the dividends of the clubs that the boys are taking, which they are, they're doing nothing with the stadium at all whatsoever. Old Trafford is, looks shit. Carrington is nearly as old as myself. There's no, there, there, there's no vision or no love of the club coming from the top going right the way down. The people who, like your Ed Woodward, I appreciate he's gone, or gone, or gone, but he's, his job was to make United, to, to make money. And he's, he's done that. And the Glazers want to get money because they're businessmen, and they've done that. So I can't really complain about them, but it's, it's, it's the culture that's brought down from top to bottom, the whole way down the club, and no manager, like... For instance, Eric Ten Hag is supposed to be the next Manchester United manager. Hopefully, this is on Thursday. We're recording this Monday. Hopefully, he is by now. Um, Louis van Gaal told him not to go because Manchester United is too commercial. As in, he won't be allowed to sell the people that he wants to sell, that he thinks doesn't fit his style, number one. And number two, and probably more importantly, or equally as important, he won't be allowed to buy the players that he wants. Now, can you imagine, that being said, to Pep Guardiola in the morning? He'd be gone at the end of the season probably after winning a couple of trophies, and he'd be gone. Where would he go? Anywhere he fucking wants. But United managers can't do that because they're not of Pep's uh, calibre. So they stay, and they put up with it. And there's not one manager who's been... The only person that didn't complain too much was Oli. Because it's jobs for the boys. Now, I know last summer when we finished second, I've seen two or three interviews of him 
talking and each time he mentioned he wanted one to two central midfielders. Ronaldo came in, Varane came in, and Sancho came in. Oli never mentioned any of them positions at all whatsoever. At the time, Mason Greenwood was there, he was flying. Rashford was doing okay. Martial was all right. He could win if one of the boys weren't playing. Obviously, he's gone on loan now. Them players weren't really needed as much as centrum. Like Fred and McCominy aren't good enough, and everybody knows it. So no manager is getting the right run of what they want to do. So, okay. I'm not letting the players off the hook, by the way. That's my second point I'll make later on there. I'm going to give it to them in a, after a while, but that's the problem. So what needs to be done is we're supposed to get in Eric Ten Hag at the moment, and he said he'd come, but he's a couple of uh, caveats that he wants. Number one is he wants to be in charge a la Pep, a la Fergie, a la fucking Klopp, a la all the good managers. He wants to be in charge. I don't want them. They're gone, regardless of who they are. Uh, for Bits Romano, I was listening to him talking today. He knows an awful lot of stuff. It's in the Manchester Evening News. It's in all the, all the different papers, even the broadsheets in Europe. They're all talking about it, that these are his demands. He wants to bring in anyone he wants, and he wants to be able to get rid of anyone he wants. And I appreciate he's not going to bring in 10 players in the summer and get rid of 10. It's not FIFA we're playing here, but it'll be over years that that'll do it. So that's the end of my first thing. I think it's a cancer from the top down. I think it's run by people that don't care. Um, I do appreciate that they do spend money, but it's spent very wisely in terms of a commercial focus as opposed to Diaz that Liverpool bought, who I barely even heard of, and he's a fucking world beer. That's a perfect example, you know? Um, the second thing is the players and what I've seen in the last game against Everton, but I'll go into that second. So look, Dan, you're the Liverpool man, so I suppose I'll come to you first. Um, I ring you in the morning and say, Dan, listen, you're the new chairman of Manchester United. Your job, is, should you choose to accept it, is to uh, make them a good, viable club again and play them well. What needs to be done? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to really disagree with anything you said. Um, and, like, it's been well documented. I think Neville, in fairness to him, I know he maybe gets a bit too much airtime on it, but... Uh, you know, all the points he makes are, they're, they're, you can see that he cares, there's passion there, and uh, he's right, I think, in a lot of things that he said. Now, it's just, it's funny you mentioned the Glaciers, I don't know if you've seen, but there's a protest happening this weekend against Norwich um, in regards to the Glaciers. Now, I think, I don't know if it's a coincidence, because it's only a year since the old Super League thing was uh, was was in the media, um, or is it just the fact that things are very bad again? But there's a big protest banned apparently at Old Trafford this weekend on the Glaciers. Look, I can see it though. I know I said it about the back financially, but you know, there's no doubt that it's 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 a commercial entity. You know, it always was when it was bought. Um, that the there's it was never reference the Zoom kind of scenario with the Glaciers. Never that it's all done through Zoom. They're never there. They're never <clears throat> on the ground. Um, Woodward had got an awful bashing, uh, fair, fairly enough, I think, in, in reflection. I kind of always felt a small bit that the, the Glaciers and the, the Woodward thing were kind of, oh, again, it's, the, it's always Woodward as well. But going on from what you've said, Mark, it seems to be he was the man that was put in for a decade and his purpose was commercial. You mentioned it there, it was the money. Who can we, how can we make money out of this? Ironically, though, United has spent $1.2 since Ferguson. Um, on players, I think 160. I think it was over 160 players they've bought. They've had whatever six managers they've gone through. It's it has to start at the top, doesn't it? Though you're right. Like it has to kind of there has to be a complete overhaul there. Now they've got in a new CEO. Is it Richard Arnold? Is his name? 
thing took over the role. But all the media reports now, and again, I suppose you can't, you can't judge him too early, but all the media reports when he was getting the job was that he was a clone out of, the, out of uh, Woodward. He was he basically was number a clone. Two, like he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. So, from within. And mm. just to touch on something you said, no, I, I, I didn't know there was a um, protest, but when the Super League happened, and then obviously everyone was shot down, Joel Glazier, who is the supposed to be the, the go between between the Glazier Consortium, if yeah. you like, or the, and, and the United fans said that, like he hasn't spoken to the fans in 10 years and he will do. He's going to see what they want. And this, there's not one word from him since. No, not a and, single I, word. I, yeah, and just on the, the, the thing, in the piece I, I read about the, the Glazier's uh, protest, was the mention of that when everything kicked off last year that they were going to have. Um, uh, two things there was a thing with the fans anyway some sort of a committee or thing that the fans would be able to have their say but also there was a talk of like a fan chair that fans could actually have a share within Manchester United and um, ironically the personality seemed to be that Woodward was a more kind of open figure he tapped you the door was always open policy where Richard Arnold is very much you're the fans fuck off you know nothing about this stay away seems to be that's what's been reported. Again, who am I to say? Well, I haven't heard I that. that could be true. I haven't no, heard that. But, well, but he can fuck that off was... as well if that's what he's at. <laughs> Jesus, don't the... start this crack now. No, no, but that's just the, the, the stuff that I kind of read was is he was a very much door closed policy uh, uh, as opposed to Woodward's, which was, he was obviously there and said, oh, geez, yeah, we will start engaging more with the fans and obviously then Glazier. Like, look, Woodward was the spokesperson for the Glaziers for 10 years. So you're taking a bit that Richard Arnold is going to be going forward. Um, a lot of stuff. I know you didn't reference the players there, Mark. But like, no, I, 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 I am. I know you're going to. Yeah, didn't want to talk the, for half an hour straight. No, oh, the common yeah. denominator always the players. If you go through the managers, I I don't think that it was always the case that all of the managers weren't given control. I think Louis Van Gaal, when he was there, was well documented that he had control when he came in. He was kind of a personality persona. I think he had a lot of control, and I think when we sacked him, Woodward came out and said he had too much control. I think it was something along them lines. So. I just think that it, 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 I don't think they were all kind of given that uh, you sit there, we'll tell you who you're buying, son, kind of thing for all of the managers. But, you know, whoever came in after Ferguson, it was Moyes, you know, he wasn't back financially. I think we bought Fellaini on like the last day of the transfer window. He was yeah. asking for players. But look, if that was him. But they've gone through, what is it, four, is it five managers now they've gone through? Um, it's 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 yeah. like whoever's going to come in the market's a gamble like, for them. Whoever's coming in and take the job, they had the opportunity to take Conte. We see, and we're going to talk about later on about how Spurs have done under him. That that option was there. Neville said, "Oh, we won't go down that route. Gone down that route too many times." Like, you know, you see what he's done with Spurs now. I suppose as a United fan, you kind of be Jesus. Maybe we missed out on one there, especially when you look at Ralph. You know, look, Ralph is what he is. I don't think you know what I mean. I think he was just there to kind of say, to kind of get to, to, to get there at the end of the season. Whether or not they ever, ever really believed that he could get them forward, I don't know. Be honest now, in hindsight, I know he's not really a good manager. I think he was, as no. you said, he brought in for okay. yeah. you're going to be consulted. I don't know how yeah, much I consulting just... he's doing. I, I don't know what's what's um, mm. like I like the thought of um, there being a more open dialogue, and I like the thought of Ralph being there for two years, and I like the thought of uh, Eric Ten Hag being in there, yeah, and I like the thought of Ten Hag having carte blanches in over time. I'm not saying straight away, and yes, just over yeah. time. You can get rid of a couple of lads and bring in their own, and 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 Ralph's going to be the in between. Yeah, there was an interesting one. One of the sources that it was it was I documented several um, uh, papers and on the net and stuff. So I don't know how true it is, but I would take it as that it, there's a fair bit of truth to it. The reason they didn't go for Conte was that Conte would be too demanding on the group of players that were there. I think so. Yeah. And if that yeah. is the case, you're sitting there going, "Well, 
if you read Ten Hag and all the stuff that's coming out about about um about Hag and about I read a few of the stuff on Sky Sport, it's really interesting because I know I don't know a whole lot of I don't know about you, I don't know a whole lot about it. So I was just reading up on a lot of the stuff. Things like he he was making the groundsman cut the, the grass two millimeters more than yeah. or whatever, all this kind of stuff and water bottles, they all have to be in a certain line and like a real kind of like strict and really demanding sounds like yeah. a real demanding boat. As I understand it, and the players don't want them. They're 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 the, given the leaks, the sources. Yeah, they're the leaks, yeah. the media <laughs> saying that they wanted Podge, and yeah. I think the United board and look, I, 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 I could be wrong. It looks like they want they wanted kind of want Podge as well because. And he'll Ferguson, Ferguson wants patch as well, doesn't he? So he he he'll be quieter, you know. He'll be. This is interesting. This is my point: is that if Kante, if that's the case, why you wouldn't want to go get Kante? You're there looking at Ten Hag. It's the same kind of thing. If this guy is going to come in disciplinary and going to demand stuff from the players, give them these really rigorous training sessions. Ralph Rangnick was brought in with the same brief as well. Like this kind of guy, you know, mastermind, all this kind of stuff. They're kind of here going. Well, then if that's the case, then the common denominator here is that they've got a group of players who don't want to work for them. The fact even as well, like them players to be turned around and these leaks we put out in the media at the moment since so stating, oh, we don't want them. They were in no fucking position to be turned around and saying, who comes in or who, who, who comes in to take over. It's not just because it's Man United I'm saying this. If it was, you know, if it was our own, own lot at that crack like that, they're there. They're pay, paid good money to go out there and to fucking try and they're not trying. And it was, it's been a common denominator for a while there, that's the players. Just looking at the ones that are going out, at least he has a small bit of a starting point, Ten Hag. It was Pogba, Lingard, Cavani, and Mata are gone this summer. And then if you look at, I think the following year, looking at their, the contracts, like Philip Jones, I laughed when I seen this earlier on, like Jones' contract is the next year. But he's still yeah. there for another year. And you can't get rid of him because he, he knows he's sitting there. He's happy enough to sit there, I think, with the, with the wages he got offered at, at, at that time. That was under Fergie, wasn't it? Was it Fergie that? Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. But like if uh, Jones, Matic, Ronaldo, Fred, De Gea, Heaton, Shaw, Dallow and Rashford are the ones the following year they're out of contract. Because this is where you're at when you're at Man United. A lot of these players are on lucrative contracts. They're not going to just, it's not, you can't just go in, as you said, it's not FIFA. You can't just go in and throw and say, right, lads, I don't want to put 10 players at the door. Some of them are happy to sit there for a year. You think of a few of them out there. You think Ronaldo, if they're not in the Champions League, he probably might just tip on. I don't think he'll stay around. Like some Matic and Jones, like, you know, De Gea is obviously worth keeping. Mm. Rashford is debatable at the moment. Your man Dallow is debatable at the moment. Then there's other lads that are just there and you're kind of like, what's going to happen there? Like, uh, Ali, Tellez, Lindelof, Van de Beek. Like, well, I suppose if Ten Hag comes in, you think Van de Beek would probably be a player for him. You'd play him anyway because he had him at Ajax. But you're, you're, like, there's, there's, there's so many problems with the group of players they have there. And I think it doesn't matter who you bring in, what manager. You brought Ferguson back, you wouldn't be able to do anything. With you know what I mean? It's, it's, mm. there, there's a group there and and and... and as I said, a reference at the start, 1.2 billion. City has spent something very, very similar. And look at the difference. If you get your manager right, you get your stock right, you, ha- you know, from the ground, as you said there, Mark, right? you, ha- you have all the, the, the pieces in the right place. And then you buy well. And you buy who you want to buy. Like City has spent near enough the same amount. And look at the difference. They've won, was it six leagues? Possibly seven, now, was it? Or the, five, the, the difference with City is um, that when, when they did their due, and Declan come in on this now next, when City did their due, Diligence on, on Pep, which there, there wasn't a lot to do, but when they did it, they decided they were going to stick with him, they were going to trust him, and he was there for a couple of years. So it, it, it wasn't come in for 18 months. We'll see how he get on. If not, good luck. It was, you're here for the long term, and anyone that doesn't play for you is gone. Didn't United you know speak I mean? to Pep? Hmm? Ferguson brought him out to dinner. Yeah, United spoke to If you decide to come back to manage, give me a phone call first. Jeez, he, didn't like, he didn't like ago. the haggis. He didn't like the haggis. He didn't like the haggis. <laughs> deck, what do you think? Uh, anyway, hey, before, um, before, we move, before we move on to Deck, I've never heard a Liverpool supporter 
talk so passionately about Man United. Yeah, that's, that's, uh... <laughs> friend, me and Man United fans don't even talk to me anymore. How many Man United fans don't even speak to me? I, I know, in fairness, you're, yeah. you're dead on, dead on, fair play. Well, I, 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 it was like seeing a dog walking on his hind legs there, Dan, seeing that there. That was some, <laughs> that was some fucking, uh, get my damn club out your fucking mouth. Go on. Anyway, it's the player, it's the players. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, just the way you're talking about kind of control at clubs, uh, Guardiola, I know Ferguson, Ferguson did have 100% control, I'm convinced of that. I don't think Guardiola and Klopp have 100% control at their clubs. They have a lot. They have a lot of say. But I don't think they have 100% control. But it's the structure that they have in place that um, allows that relationship between the manager and the people working upstairs to kind of take place. For example, City going after Kane last summer, 100 million. I mean, ideally... Guardiola, if he really, really wanted him and he had full control, well, then another bid would have gone in for 120, 30, 40, etc. But it, as far as I know, it stopped at 100 and it didn't go beyond that. Whereas, I mean, I don't think, and, and the people upstairs at City kind of said, okay, well, look, that's what we're going for. This is what we're going to put in. We're not prepared to go any higher. And I think Guardiola accepted that. And it wasn't a case of Guardiola being pissed off at the owners because they didn't go any higher but Guardiola respects that that's the... That's he understood the, like Yeah, that's the structure with which they work in and I think, and I, I don't know, but I'd imagine that Klopp would be in the kind of same calibre with the Liverpool owners I know there's a director of football at Liverpool, Dan, you know his name, he's leaving I think, isn't he? Sometime next year uh, That's right, he's going this year actually, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right but he yeah, has been. Low, is it? No, he, no. Um, uh, it'll come to me. Give me a moment. Yeah, no, that's all right. But um, it's just again, it's because they had the right people in place to kind of deal with the manager, and there was obviously this person was the head of recruitment at Liverpool, and they bought so well. But if there was a player that Klopp wanted, and another team wanted Liverpool to pay over the odds, I I don't know, but I personally don't think that they would have, because. There is that element of kind of good decision making in place. They don't want to be held to ransom for players. So I don't think that the likes of Klopp and Guardiola have 100% control. I think they have a lot of say and they'll give their list of targets to, you know, the directors of football. But if they don't get their players, I don't think they're going to cause, you know, a big fuss about it. I think there is good dialogue between them. And but you think that, that the, the board of Man City, and this is that's a very good point you're making there because. This is where sometimes they're smoking mirrors at Manchester United. So they probably spoke to Pep with the relationship to have and said, listen, Pep, we have 200 million for you this year. And yeah. any players you want, tell us. And we like, if you want one and he's 200 million, that's all you get. If we can get four for 50 million. So they went and got Jack Grealish, 100 million. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've 100 million left. So we're going to offer that, but we can't go over that, you know, which I thought that was okay. If that was Manchester United, the manager would say, I would like to bring in, let's just say, um, I would like to bring in, um, I can't even think of a player. I would like to bring in, uh, I'm trying to think of a player that's of an age that I fucking think. Um, Holland. Erling Holland. Yeah. I'd like to bring in him. But he's Man. even too good now. I was trying to think of someone average. To, and uh, he's 130 million, but uh, he's looking for a six-year contract and he's looking to make sure he's played. And so we can't get him. What we will do is we spend 110 and we bring in Lewandowski, who was one year left. Like the manager's not going to say no at United. He'll say yeah, but that's not who he wanted. He wanted Haaland or somebody else. 
uh, an yeah. awful lot of times at United, lads, I'm, like, I could go into an awful lot of, like, an awful lot of times I see who we're supposed to be getting. It's all in the dirt sheets. As, as Dan said earlier on, it's everywhere. There's no smoke without fire. And it just doesn't come up no. at all whatsoever. It's, it's someone you go, what the fuck? And yeah. oh, maybe in the background, or they weren't in the background doing that. This And every single time you see him, I go on social media, 45,000 followers here, 225,000 or million followers here. It's never the lad with small fucking followers, you know? But I think that's point. That's how a club runs. Like, Oh, well, can you not pay a, a hundred and fifty for Harry Kane? No, we told you at the start it was two hundred million, but we'll get you anyone you want. And then Pep was good enough to say, well, if you can't get him, don't get anybody. I, I think they bought the lad that's on loan then for forty or fifty million for next year or something like that. But um, but, but just on that as well, like the the it was Michael Edwards was the was the uh, the Liverpool director. Way but, too late for the, that answer, man. Yeah, but, uh, Liverpool <laughs> fan, my ass. But uh, <laughs> just what you're saying there, like if you think about it, you knew our fucking chairman straight away. I yeah, think but, you're but, a closet yeah. Manchester United fan, hundred <laughs> percent. And, and by the way, so you mentioned Ferguson earlier on. I'm surprised you didn't mention David Gill because he was there and it was again. I, I was, it was yeah. okay. He's yeah. He's hard anyway, too. Yeah, but just just uh, before you move on, uh, when Liverpool or City are chasing a player, it seems to be a player, and they usually get them. And just like what you said there, Mark, Man United, you can, like you were ten or twelve of the top players in the world are all listed as on the list, um, and it never seems to be just one target and go and get on the other side of a team as well with the likes of Pep. I think he knew if he didn't get Kane though. Like, look where they are now. He, he knew that yeah. even if they didn't get Kane, they were going to be there thereabouts. Yeah. For, United for leaked as well, so. by the way. It's it's Manchester United that's leaking the 16 players yeah, yeah. that were linked with. It's 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 like <laughs> they're, <was> going. <laughs> they're Lincoln, who were and, and everyone's up in hate then, and the fans are so excited, like, oh my god, what are we going to do? And then we spent 400 million on Titus Bramble. Do you know what I mean? It's silly. Ronan, fix it. <laughs> Tell me, what are we going to do? Uh, well, the two boys have elo- eloquently, should I say, uh, covered most bases on the story. I've never but... heard of what the boys said described as eloquently before. Wow, <laughs> are you high? Are you? <laughs> oh, hell. yeah, uh, I know. Um, look, you look at my like the way I look at Man United, the best, like you know, the richest club in the world, yet they can't, and I don't think they're in a position to attract the best players in the world anymore, and that's a sad indictment of the club. You know, under Fergie, they'd get anyone. They, you know, if they want, Ferguson would set his mind in a player, he'd get a player. Uh, now, you know, you see, as you said, the Red Tops, they're linking Rice with United, they're linking Kane with United. But do these players really want to go to a club that's in absolute turmoil? The only reason to go to these clubs is for, at the moment, it's, it's for the spawns because they're so far off winning silverware at the moment, you know, it's, and that's what, you know, you you, ju- you judge a club on really at the end of the day you judge your the success the role of honor that's on the wall when you walk through the the club corridors you know so Man United you know I spoke to uh, a good Man United supporter at the weekend and I made reference to the fact just after the Everton game and he was kind of a boiling point and I just made reference to the fact I said how does a team feature Ronaldo Fernandez uh, Pogba um, De Gea Maguire, uh, Rashford, how are, you, how are you loitering in seventh position? And he said, you mentioned one word in your text there, team. We're not a team. And, you know, if that, like, and I'm sure that's the common denominator amongst all Man United fans at the moment. They're looking at the guys out on the pitch, the goal, goal behind, the, 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 the mindset is low, the body language is chronic bad, you know, so... I watched all that game on, on, on Saturday and like when they went behind, they just, I know they had a couple of early chances to score, but when they went behind, the whole team just threw in the, 
threw in the towel straight away. You know, and like you look back to the the Ferguson era, um, how many goals? Did Man, how many games did Man United win in Fergie time? Mm. You know, and when the when the when the the, when the, huh? the belief exactly. When the board went up the other day for five minutes of extra time against Everton, I texted the, the chap that's in the group me and said, Fergie time, he said, not on your life, he said, maybe 20 years ago. This team, 100%. I, I couldn't this team are just so devoid of any sort of team spirit. You know, like, can you imagine what the dressing room was like? Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's yeah. kicks at plenty. Now, I know, you know, and as you said, that filters down from the top, but, you know, the United, the world's richest club, should be in a position to attract the world's best players. And as it stands, if the world's best players goes there, they're only in for uh, turmoil at the moment. And if this Ten, ten Hag guy comes in, he'll, he'll have to be given, as you said, yeah. carte blanche. Because if he's not given carte blanche, the turmoil will just continue for a few more seasons. Do you think we're on in that just then? Yeah. Do you think that if, if he does sign for Manchester United and it's on the basis that um, he has control of who comes in and who goes out, in other words, if he doesn't want a player, he's not told what, like, Ralph was told. No, Jesse Stain, even though he was bad in the dressing room because he's not playing. And I wouldn't blame him, by the way. Solskjaer lied to him. Come back and we'll play you. See, that's the word that was said. I don't even know if, if uh, I don't even know if the board didn't say, listen, if Solskjaer said, I'm not going to play him. And the board said, well, but we're bringing him back anyways. We, we, we've loads of shirt reveals this season. We've loads of training tops and... He is one of the most followers. He's coming back and he can take yeah. the photographs and sit on the bench. And you might use him sometimes. I'm sure that's what was said. But uh, if Ten Hag does get the job and if he's given a four or five-year contract yeah. and if you're, we know at the start, which we, we know already, that look, these are his demands. And the club aren't, aren't the, as, as I understand it, the club aren't liking this talk from a manager. But fuck them. That's the way they are now. But um, would we be able to attract a caliber player then knowing that the one of the the young well he's 52 one of the most dynamic coaches is coming he's here for five four or five years and he's in complete control of getting the players in that he wants for his style and he wants you do you think but there's I, any chance then or do you think it's just they'll have to like longevity is key isn't it now you can't just you can't just but uh, like the, with the old adage the results are in business like if the first four months or five months of a ten high rain isn't going as expected. Like, is yeah. the trigger? Is the you know are, are the powers that be going to get anxious as well? Did we get it right to reappoint Pochettino? But like <laughs> longevity is key, and if they give him a five-year or six-year contract and leave him to build something positive going forward, then maybe after a, you know. I had a, I had a thought, and I'll, um, I'll try and keep it as quick as I can. Um, ten high comes in. And what do you call it? If he's given if he's given time, and he's coming from Ajax, and I just liken it. And again, obviously, the structure, the way it works at United upstairs, like things will need to be put in place for it to work. But if he if that was if that did happen and Ten Hag came in, I likened it a lot actually to when Klopp came to Liverpool. Okay, I was just looking at the kind of history of it there today. When when Klopp came, took over from Rodgers, like. That first season, 15-16, Liverpool finished eight, right? Second season, they finished fourth, so he'd improved them a little bit. He had brought in, again, I don't know the timeline between what players came in, etc. Second season, they finished fourth. Third season, he finished fourth. And at this stage, they had brought in Mane, I think, for Mino. And then the following season, they had finished second and won the Champions League. (laughs) 
and then the Premier League. Following, yeah. following season, Premier League, you see what happens when you give a manager time, when you kind of let him <clears> build it. Like he didn't bring in Salah, Van Dyke, Robertson, Gomez, Allison, all in one go. It was little by little by little. And all of a sudden, you see what he's created. Liverpool he, decided that he was the right man and that yeah. they were giving him time. And that's end of story. And every player at the club would be gone before he'd be gone if, if, if that's the way they wanted to play it. So eight yeah. is okay. Four the next but, season. Yeah. Then fourth again, he's not really exactly. improving him. Let's get him out. No, let's give him some more funds. We're playing but, a good yeah. style of football. Let's add to this. That's exactly. the right way to do it. I agree with you. You're right. I they built on it. And because, I mean... You could see that he was building something. He got rid of Coutinho again. He wasn't afraid to kind of... Coutinho wanted to go, fair enough. But he was building something. And the owners, obviously, were backing him. And you could see that he was kind of building this machine that in came in 15. By the time 2020 came along, he had won a Champions League. He won a league title. For the first three seasons, he didn't win anything. It's not that he didn't win anything. He didn't win anything. But he was building. And the club had faith in him. And all of a sudden, they were able to sign the likes of Salah. Mane came to them, Van Dyke came to them, Allison came to them, and turned them into what they are now. So, I mean, if United were to give Ten Hag that kind of time to do what he needs to do, I don't think he'd be able to sign like world class players within the first season. But if he start building something within two or three or four years, something could start to happen for United again. You know, Liverpool won a title 89 90, it was 20 years later that they won the next title. They had kind of wins, cups in between. But when Klopp came along, all of a sudden you have this new Liverpool team that has the possibility of kind of going on a similar type of run, winning trophies, etc. So like, well, they're not 30 years without winning the title. 30, thought, yeah. Sorry, apologies, apologies, sorry. 30, I know, yeah. just, so it's very important mm. to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I suppose, you, you wonder, is there, is there enough time gone by there? Because if you look at, like, say, when the first couple of managers came into Man United, it's like Van Hal finished fourth in his first season. He was fifth in his second season. And won the cup. Cup. And then got the bullets. And then got the bullets. The like, yeah. I think the reason being that our Erona um, was that it was kind of like it was the glory days where, you know, competing for the league. Yeah. So they're kind of maybe scaling it back now when you look at kind of some, about a couple of other managers in or whatever like that. And maybe it's, is this new manager going to be like, let's let him build? Are they going to actually say, like, let, let's let him build? Or is it going to be another kind of... I think you're right, lads. I think it's, it's a combination yeah. of what you said. It's like, you know, it's the old saying, look, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And they seem to realise now that we're not guaranteed to get fourth. And like this, yeah. this year we won't get fourth and it'll be the fourth season out of the last seven that we're not in the Champions League. That, and that is that is mad when you think about it. Yeah, well, yeah. it's and it's deserved as well, by the way. It's 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 like, there's no hard luck story here. Um, It's absolutely deserved 100%. And even the fact that we had a chance of getting fourth for up to the last week or two, I, I couldn't believe it because I've never seen so much dirt in my life on a football field from any team. No. Well, like, mathematically, you still can. Yes. Oh, you still can. Yeah, yeah, they, like, and I, like, I, to be honest, yeah, I wouldn't rule United out at all. The running isn't too bad. Uh, you beat anyone at the moment? No, they've yeah. only won one in seven, though. That's the only thing. That's. Jeez, I you beat, but but not, like you, you could kick started now with a beaten Norwich now at the weekend. So you don't know. Oh, so you got what, what, what I think is that if we bring in a manager and the remit is as follows: he's here for five or six years, and we're trusting him. If he's looking for two players, one from Hanover and one from FC20, and the two of them are 20 million each, that's who we're getting. We're not going for Kingsley Coleman for 175 million. We're going for the two players that Ten Hag wants, and we're yeah. bringing them in. And in January, guess what? 
we'll go and do the same. And if he decides that such and so isn't good enough, and he says, no, he's not for me, he cannot play in the style that I'm playing, well, then it's the jobs, it's the club's job to get rid of him. And let everybody be under no doubt whatsoever that this is what's happening at Manchester United. And exactly what Dex said, be fucking patient. And I think the United fans, when Fergie went, we thought, let's keep going, let's keep pushing it. And it was about three or four years into it, I said, okay, look, we're a long way, we're in trouble now. And I don't think, like, if, if Ten Hag comes to United, I won't be thinking next season now we have a chance. My hope would be, I take fourth now next season. Yeah. 100%. And that's if we brought in Jesus Christ as the next manager with a fucking million euro or a billion euro budget. Um, so look... That's, that's where you are. <clears throat> you know, right right now, aiming for a top four is where you are. In three yeah. to four years' time, could you be challenged again? Absolutely. But things have to be put in place. To and that there's a lot of things that have to change. It's, um, and, it's, and, it's, and do you think, Mark, last year when you finished second... That was a that was a kind of a sign of the standard in general in the Premier League that it's not what it should be, or that was just a kind of a freak, even though you were so far off. I think it was a freak run, and I, I spoke with yeah. brother about this several yeah. times. Um, we weren't the second, like obviously the league doesn't lie, so we were the second best team in the league. And then you think bringing in three more players, you're adding to it. But I we myself and my brother discussed, and I discussed with other lads as well in Lent. It was papering over the cracks. I was very very worried for the season. Mm. Um, when Ronaldo came back I was sending texts oh it's all over now daddy's home but I knew that it was like the only month or two that I could send a text that, uh, that people might go oh I kind of wonder are they coming back I knew Gary Neville got absolutely et like a dog saying that United won't, won't and you say what you finished second last year and you brought in Fran this year Sancho and Ronaldo and you don't think and they couldn't believe it I was 100% believed them I never thought they would never for one second and because I'm like you obviously watch your clubs I've seen every single second of every minute of every ball that was kicked for Manchester United I'll just say this season as more seasons that's the case every single second that's kicked I see who makes the runs who doesn't make the runs who's in the area who's losing the ball I see every single thing that happens at the club all of the time and I don't know how we finish second I, I really don't know how we finish second um, we wouldn't have finished second incidentally if Liverpool hadn't got all the injuries I can guarantee you that but anyways yeah Second thing, so all that needs to happen, a manager needs to come in, he needs to be brought in, he needs to be given time, everything needs to be blah, blah, everything we just discussed, that's 100%. It is a gamble though, can I just say before you go on, it is, it is a gamble. Okay. Okay. You know, Everyone's you know, a gamble he, now though. It is, yeah, but like he, he's never had money to spend and, you know, Ajax, the United, like, it, it is a big gamble, but look, what do you do? Like, there's not that many managers out there, is there? You know, so. I'd go for him and I, I'd, I'd even, Dex said, Dex said it and I, I thought of myself that, it's very like the clock coming in, you know, bring him in, give him time. He has this little bit of a pedigree. We don't really know how good he really is, but he seems to be like in five years time. And I heard a lot of people saying this, the way Poch is playing is nearly out of date now. Like, but in five years time, they'll still be playing the way Ten Hag plays. And it's very, very exciting. And we have to, if you're going to be playing well, we have to say, look, there's going to be times where we're going to lose 2-0. And there's other times we might win. But if we do it over three or four years and we improve every so often and get in, 17, 18 players that know how to play the system and that, you know, I, I think that we might start playing better. But i take top four now if I was given it. But I'd also take sixth if I thought that I could see that we we're building and I could see a structure and see even a style of play, even a style, of, even little old me who's never been a manager in my life, just see some sort of style of play that I think, do you know what? 
if I'm down having a drink and someone asks me, what way do United play? I can tell them, well, this is the formation and this is what they're trying and what they're trying to implement is, and it's great to see it every week. Some weeks we win, some weeks we lose and we finish sixth. Let's hope next season we can get fourth or third and add a couple of more. I haven't a clue what way we play. I know the formation, but no one's ever in the formation, ever. Bruno Fernandes, for example, is like a kid running after a ball out in the pitch and under fives. He's everywhere. And you think, look at him getting back. Isn't he so amazing? But then when someone gets the ball, they can't kick it up to him because he's not there. He's a fucking clown. But every player that comes to United, this improves immediately after a couple of months. He was fantastic when he came to United. I wanted Harry Maguire. I think he's a good def- I still think he's a good defender. If I ignore his last two years for United, I think he's a good defender. He even plays good for England when he plays. He, he's, he's able to play football. He can play out from the back. He's a very, very good at heading the ball. There's so much he's good at. But he, he has a head like a 50 pence piece when it comes to United. It never goes in the direction he wants it. He's two left feet all the time. He's under severe pressure constantly. He's 29 years of age. If he leaves United in the morning and goes anywhere, he's next best, the best four or five years of his career are ahead of him because the defenders get better as they get older. As with goalkeepers, the hay is the same. He's best in front of him. I think Deck mentioned about who, or was it Dan? Who would you keep? Maybe Dalot could be okay. Like I, if, if Ten High came in, I'd expect that young man to get coached. Someone yeah, to coach I, him to make him better. I think one of the Saka is one of the greater standards, and we're getting worse. You wouldn't yeah. see an under fives. No, I think Juan Saka is one of the biggest regressors in in the last number of years. That you know, couldn't get by him when he came to United first. Tackle, oh, he was oh, tackle, tackle. Now, no problem at all. Just kick it down to the side and look the other way. He's Cork shows himself into the ground. Yeah. Um, okay, so look, the, the second thing on United is the players. So <laughs> the players obviously can't get away, and this obviously has to go on YouTube. So I can't say exactly what I think. But what I will say is the following, right? Uh, I'm not having it, right? I'm not having it at all whatsoever. That's not good enough what I've seen against Everton. And it's not a like, oh, they've just down tools. So people are saying they've just down tools. They haven't, like, it's an absolute holy disgrace what went on in the Everton match. Um, we lost. We deserve to lose. Ronan alluded it. We gave up. Manchester United never give up. Like, I... We had this little joke before when uh, I went out when uh, Ronan was talking about his passion for West Ham and he, uh, he I, I made a short clip where like, his wife had said, well, why are you always so passionate about them? He said, listen, I love them longer than I love you, right? <laughs> but I love Manchester United the same. I love Manchester United. I hate these players with a passion. I can't stand them. They're, they're not people that I'd like to go into trenches with. They're not people that I look eye to eye. They're not people that I'd want to shake their hands with or get a photograph with. I absolutely, I disdain them. They're a holy yeah. disgrace. Yeah. And anyone you do like, Mark. Well, no, on it, the team. Anyone that you do like. Apart from Austria, obviously. In their, in their next game, they should be going out bare chested. They shouldn't be allowed to wear the jersey, any of them. I'm up for that now. Paint on their back with tar. And then when the match is over, <laughs> let wasps go on the field. <laughs> when I was a young lad, when I was a young lad, my the first game I ever seen, every I was in school with everyone that was a year older than me. That's just the way it was. They all supported Liverpool. I didn't support anyone. They were just that bit older than me. The very first game I ever seen was on ITV. Rona might be able to uh, allude back to this. It was just a game on ITV. It was United playing someone else. They were losing 1 0, the 1 2 1. Gordon Strachan scored and fucking Jesper Olsen, right? So I'm supporting United since that time, long before the Glaciers came and long after they're gone. I said I'm going to support them. The father told me about relegation. I didn't know what that meant at the time. I was six or seven. He explained to me that, that United had gone down and they'll never win anything. Support Liverpool, he said. All your friends support. I says, no, I support Manchester United. Then he told me that he supports Manchester United. So I said, oh, perfect, I said. 
I support United. I watched all the teams. We didn't win anything for ages. I've seen the, the Fergie era. People want to stop talking about the Fergie. I'm sick to me fucking tits of talking about the Fergie era. And I'm sick of the players who played in the Fergie era being on Sky saying, well, back in our day now, shut your fucking mouth back in our day. That's gone. Yeah. That's gone. Are you fucking special? Them days are over. You can't even get into the top four. Shut your mouth. Talking about stuff like that. Stop saying, well, the manager will come back in. We don't care. He's not the manager anymore. He hasn't been for 10, 11 years. You're absolutely holy disgrace. So stop talking about it. And the players can't be um, expected to live up to them standards. Because that was a world-class team. We won a fucking treble. Like That was a world-class team. We won a treble. And the players nowadays can't be expected to live up to that. But what they can be expected to do is try. They don't try. They give up. They don't understand fight. They're an absolute disgrace. And if, a, as Seven Dan laughed earlier on about, it's not FIFA. I'd love it to be FIFA. I'd love Ten Hag to get the job and say, right, who are we letting go? There's 27 players here, 23 of them, gone in the morning, and we start from scratch. I, I Obviously, that can't happen. When the Busby Babes crashed and United had no players, half the team was gone. We got players off all other clubs, and we still got to the final, the FA Cup. We lost, I believe it was Derby or Bolton, I can't remember offhand, I should know. We got to the FA Cup final that year. The final, the FA Cup final, the year. That, and these boys, ooh, I passed the ball, and but there was no one there, or I made a run. Yeah, absolute fucking jackass. That's absolute holy disgrace, every single one of them. That they shouldn't be playing for United. Ronaldo didn't try. He's a... Uh, if he got loads of service, I believe he would have scored. And I still believe that. If he got the service, he'd score. But I will never forgive him for not trying the other day. He, I'm finished with him. That's, he, if, if he goes on next season and Ten High brings him in and he's getting 20 goals and he's going, Soo! I'd say you're a disgrace. Every single goal, he'll never come back. There's just so many players that are playing that can never come back in my eyes. I'm completely finished with them and they're gone. And loads of United fans think the same. Like West Ham, for example, does you know? West Ham lost. They haven't got the squad United have. They haven't spent. I don't think in since the Premier League started. They haven't spent a amount of money United spent in the last five years. That's probably just the, the, the fucking truth. I see them playing. They don't give up. Norwich didn't give up the other day. Brentford don't give up. Brentford, they're not even expected to stay in the league. Like three United players is on money than all of them put together. They're an absolute holy disgrace. And Bruno Fernandes as well, incidentally, got a new lucrative five-year contract. I hope they said to Ten Hag, if you take the job, do you mind if you give him a contract? Is he part of your plans? And Ten Hag said yes. And then Podge went to interview him. If we're going to get Bruno a contract, will he be part of your plans? And then get him straight away. Okay, fair enough. But I hope they didn't sign him on a five-year contract without asking the new manager. Because if they did, we're, we're, we're just going around in circles. So what do you think of that, lads? Giving up in a game. Like genuinely giving up. What do you think, like? I think um, I think you have a set of players right now that their confidence is shot. It's not a team. It's a set of players, as you said earlier on. Um, you'd wonder what kind of um, managerial talk Ralph Ragnar can give before a game. Like, you, you'd wonder what the body language is in the dressing room before the game. Like, are they yeah. are they listening? Do they, do they want to listen? Do they want them there? Do, do they even want to be there themselves? Are they on to their agents about the summer? Do they want out? Um, you don't know. That's the thing. And when you can say that about a club, like, you don't know what's actually going on. I mean, there's your answer. It's not a team. It's a, But you it's wouldn't even give up in a five-a-side deck. 
No, of course, absolutely not. And no. these are players get paid. Dan give up, definitely, but you wouldn't have gone, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan a ball after five minutes, that would <laughs> fairness, In fairness, if you had to chase deck, you give up after two minutes. It's quite good. Is Thank he? you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Is um, good, yeah. So look, yeah. United is an absolute disgrace. I'm ashamed of my life of yeah. them. I love the club. I'll always love the club. And I'll follow the club to my dying Mark, bed. Mark, can I actually... Can I ask, ask you a question? It's yes. a thought that I ha- I've had over the years. I just said I'd get your opinion on it. You shift me, is it? God, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm gentle. Uh, more, more bad news tonight, Mark. I know. No, at, at Old Trafford, right, when you see Man United playing and the camera does often kind of go to Alex Ferguson in the crowd. Mm. And from what I understand now, Ferguson is an ambassador at the club. And is Ferguson still involved in some way upstairs? Or is so. he just is? Is he not on the board anymore? I, I think he's very little involvement. I I seen him doing a talk at Cambridge maybe two or three weeks ago, and someone asked him that question, and he said, well, like, uh, "No, okay, I, I okay. have no involvement at all." Okay. All right, okay, but in when Ronaldo, Ronaldo came, nor should he, by the way? No, absolutely, he shouldn't. But I'm just thinking, like when Ronaldo came back, supposedly you heard you heard his talk of Ferguson kind of being on the phone to Ronaldo and stuff like that. Like that wouldn't surprise me if that happened. What well, I think happened there, Dick, to agree with you is I I think they heard Ronaldo is going to be free. The Glazers creamed themselves. Oh my God, the money that'll make us. Oh, yeah. And then they said, right, let's try to get him in. So they rang and see could they get him. How are we going to do it? Let's ring Alex. That's right. Yeah, Alex, will, will, will you go and get him? He rang and got him. Next minute, Solskjaer, we're after getting you, Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. And then Solskjaer has to say, oh, that's fantastic. Oh. He's a fantastic player. That's all he can say. Oh. What can he say? Fantastic. I don't want him. My point, though, is right. If Ferguson, <laughs> if Ferguson is still involved somehow in the background, Fair enough, the lad is a legend at Man United, but is that what you need right now? I don't think you need to be... No, I don't need, think you need that from back then. You need now. You need to go forward. You don't need the past. It's done. You're yeah. never going to get that type of thing back. But if it was good to have him around at the start deck where Moyes could ask some questions and people going, and look, yeah, I, how do you do this? But it just hasn't worked with him there. And he doesn't have enough to say because man, he, he didn't want Moyes to get sacked. He wanted him to, to stay there and he wanted yeah. him to give him time. And he said that publicly. He said, I didn't want to sack him. I was the one that got him in. He was my choice. I didn't want him to go. I wanted him to get three or four or five years, give him time to build. He's a good manager. Get, he's, get, him, uh, get his feet under the fucking table. And So he that'll show you how much say he has, I suppose, really. But I do think he was involved in bringing him back. I just uh, interviewed during a podcast there this week, actually, with Jake Humphrey. And just a little aside, he was saying... You're not listening to another podcast, yeah? No, 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 no. no I, I, typical West Ham fan. Just as an aside, like uh, he said, that Manu is the one job that got away, and he said he wished he was going to Manu manage Manu now at the stage he is of his career now. Who said that? Boys. He said it's the one that got away, yeah. and he said he wished he was managing Manu now at yeah. this stage of his career. The problem he yeah. had, Ronan, yeah. was that we're yeah. after winning the league, and he was in, and we're seventh, and we'd never seen that before. Mm. Whereas if he was here now, that's all we see, mm. and I, I don't, yeah, we'd be happy I, I, to have him there to do his thing, you know. And also as well, you referenced it a few minutes ago, Mark. Like that, that team is an aging team. Realistically, another manager probably wouldn't have won the league that year, only that it was Ferguson, because it wasn't a great team that won the league that yeah. year. And then they brought him in, and the only sign in the April was Fellaini with an agent with an agent inside who just won the league. You know what I mean? They needed fresh, fresh players in I seen Mice talking then. So. They thought Mice were yeah. going to spend hundred million and get you Garrett Bale. They mentioned three or four other brilliant <laughs> players. Uh, Joshua Kimmich yeah. was gonna go, he was only a goss in the day. <laughs> and they didn't get any of them. Fellaini they got. Oh yeah, my Fellini. God! Imagine that. Yeah. Every player 105 years of age and Fellaini win the Great haircut, though. 
Anyways, look, that's the end of the United talk. I've actually talked about them. I, I know there's not a United fan that's not disappointed. Um, I they turn my stomach, them men that play for Manchester, not the club. I'm not giving out with the club. I love the club. They turn my stomach. Um, I th- think there might be players there that Ten Hag might be able to turn around. Maguire is one, and I give out with him. He's a ball playing midfielder. Ten Hag might say, Look, we're going to play three at the back. You're the one in the middle. You can come out with the ball. Great idea. Why didn't anyone else try that? England do it, and he's fine. Leicester did it, and they were fine. United will not do it. They will not do it. Anyways, moving on. Results. City and Liverpool. Uh, I said from day one on this league that Man City will win the league. I still think Man City will win the league. Um, The reason I said I think they'd win it is because I think they're better than Liverpool. And how do I judge that? If I'd say Man City are 10 out of 10, I said this loads of times, Liverpool are 9.9 out of 10. Chelsea are about 7, and the rest of them are lower. So over the course of 38 games... I think that because of that extra point in my mind, that or the extra point, point one of a point, Man City will win the league. I still think that. But when United won't fight, look at the fight from Liverpool yesterday. I was never so impressed with a football team and a club and everything in my fucking life. I was salivating at it. And I'm a United fan. Man City were much better. They should have been winning 75 nil at halftime and they weren't. That's okay. Man City played fucking fantastic. Man City played like Man City. What a football team. You never seen anything like it. Well, Barcelona back at the day, Man City are as good as them, if not better than them. They're unreal. Liverpool dominate every team. They're the best team. They're the big boys in the yard. Now they're after meeting a big bully that's better than them. Even I think that. They kept fighting. They kept scrapping away all the time. Half time. What can Klopp do? What can he say? This team is going to get hammered by you. City are going to be all up. They're fucking amazing stuff. Fighting all the time. Brilliant. Quick, fast. Uh, from, be, from having the ball every game all the time to not being able to get the ball and still saying for, and still play that high line, I've never seen anything like it. Like City are brave to do it as well because Liverpool are fantastic. I never thought Liverpool would keep a high line against City. Ever. Brave shower of fuckers. And if they do win the league, they'll deserve it as well. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't City were passing the ball. It was like FIFA. Every It was like the ball was sticking to every player. I put a fucking team and any other team in the world yesterday that would have stuffed any other team in the world except for obviously Liverpool I never thought I knew Liverpool were fancy dancy like Man City and they could do stuff when it goes their way they're fantastic they have struggled lately they've grinded out a few results I didn't think they'd be able to do it against Man City I was fucking wrong I was never as impressed with Liverpool and even the time they won the Champions League a couple of times the time they won the league that was the gutsiest performance I've ever seen from Liverpool ever they should have been hammered and they weren't because they're fighters and they try and they're drilled and every one of them would run through a brick wall for each other. Ola Bus, Liverpool Football Club. Well done. Fucking amazing. I was on a horn watching it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. What a game of football. But you, but you should have lost. You should have been down 3 or 4 nil. Uh, uh, City were incredible in the first. Deck, did you ever see anything like that in your life in the first half? One touch football. Triangles. Inside triangles. What the fuck yeah, is going man. on with them? What's going on? It was, it was brilliant. Um, they were brilliant. Sterling within two minutes, I think should have should have had us one up. Allison, brilliant save. Um, just some of the passing, and I mean De Bruyne. Okay, for me, he kind of ran the show yesterday. Bernardo Silva had a great game, but for me, De Bruyne just kind of grabbed the game and he, he ran the midfield for us. He's on really like, isn't he? He's fucking on He's one of the best midfielders ever. And you, you, you fork out. You'd love a season ticket holder. Be a season oh, ticket holder. Oh, Everyone will watch him every week. He plays the right, oh, body. Stop, plays the right pass. When stop. the ball comes to him, he takes it right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's next like a fucking meerkat. Even before he, <laughs> he gets it in. And 
then he knows where he's going because he's already looked all the time. That's how cool. He's in the neck like a meerkat. Uh, he's, <laughs> all, he's, all, he's all right. He's all right. He's, he's all right. Yeah. He's no Fabinho. <laughs> he's no fucking Fred, but he's all right. Like, he's yeah. unreal. He's unreal. Imagine, like, we have him and we have Fred. Oh my God. Like, what's going on? No, but what like, happened was, in the world for that to be the there case? Thing on, uh, there was a thing on Sky Sports today. A poll asking, "Is De Bruyne the best player?" Paul, I, I thought he was a Latvian. What? I thought he was a Latvian. Not Paul. Oh, so, oh, it's one of Ronan's jokes. No, <laughs> Belgium. Um, what he got? There was a poll saying, "Is De Bruyne the best player in the Premier League ever?" I, I, I think he's he's unbelievable. I don't know. Like that's a debate for. Yeah. He'll have that debate more seriously when he retires, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's very react. Sky are like that. The very reactionary after a result of one game. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. But he'll definitely be in the. He'll he'll be he's in the conversation now. He'll definitely even if he never wins another title, he'll still be in the conversation when his his career finishes. But if he wins two more leagues and two Champions Leagues, well then you probably have your answer yeah. there. You know. I just, what age is he, Dad? Brilliant. I mean, You're after freezing there now, bud. Myself or Ronan? No, you. Am I back now? Ah, uh, you're kind of back. You're a small bit frozen. You're like the Man City defense when Salah's running at me. Freeze a small bit, you know. <laughs> can you hear me, Oka? Yeah, if we can hey, hear yeah. you and see oh, you. Now, yeah, okay. No, no, I'm just to Brian. Continue Hester. your lies. He was. Um, he was running a game. He was picking up passes. He was putting players through. I thought he kind of. He kind of got the Liverpool when they tried to press him like he kind of broke through the lines so well he had Mahrez through at the very end I don't know if he, it was literally the last play of the game he was falling over as he played Mahrez through and it was just it was a joy to watch he played Sterling through for the goal that was offside by millimetres but anyways um, yeah he's just a joy to watch and I thought it was a brilliant performance in the first half by City credit to Liverpool in the second half they came out fighting and um I do think City deserved. Well, I do think City were the better team. Um, we didn't take our chances, and I think two-two. Look, it was a fair result given both both halves. City first half, Liverpool kind of second half, and they were they fought. In fairness, you have to give that to them. They fought well. Um, yeah, and I think as you were, as you were. Um, next I don't think there's any other team in world football that would have stuck with Man City in that game. No. I thought Liverpool, when I seen the first half, I said, in the second half, I said, oh, well, there you go. City are just that bit better and it's been proved here today and that's it. And then it was 20 minutes into the second half and I said, like, this, these Liverpool players are playing like a team that's in the bottom of the championship, as in they've no airs and graces, they're running for their lives. And then yeah. all of a sudden they do a mad bit of skill and you go, fucking hell, they have everything under the sun. Like, It's just, it's a shame for Liverpool that Man City are around as good as they are now, you know? And vice versa. Winning leagues left, right, and center. Yeah, and vice versa as well. Because I mean, yeah, if Liverpool weren't there, I think City, I think the league would be the last. Like Liverpool would have won kind of two years ago. I, I personally don't think if Liverpool weren't there, City would be dominating the way United were dominating in the nineties. Oh, what dominating? Right, don't worry about that. If if City weren't there, I think Liverpool would be dominating the league, winning mm. multiple titles. But I think it's brilliant to watch. I think it's brilliant that two teams are pushing each other. As they are, and um, Klopp and Guardiola, I think they're two fantastic managers. And I like the way that they actually, I know people are kind of saying it's not a proper rivalry if they don't hate each other. 
completely disagree with that. I, think I, I, I disagree as well. Never heard such shit yeah. in my life. They have the of course, it's a rivalry. It's the two best teams in the world trying to win the same competitions. Rivalry. Yeah, they, have the, they have the utmost respect for each other, and um, I think it's I think it's brilliant to see. And I think both teams are going to keep on winning for the next few years, different titles, and um, yeah. Until ten, um, until ten, high gets United. Um, I, I, I just come to Dan last on this. Uh, okay, Ronan. Gabriel Jesus or Gabriel Jesus, whatever you want to call him, he hasn't got a game since Florence Nightingale was a child. Unreal <laughs> as well. Oh, well, just what's going I, on I, there? I, 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 I saw the stars hasn't played that, since my uh, yeah. de, since the day of my Holy Communion, and he comes on and, and plays like fucking Mbappe. Like, yeah. what's going I, on? So, like when I heard the starting eleven, I was like, Mares is out, and he's starting Jesus. And I seen did Jesus play? When was the last time he would have played uh, Death? When he, the last, last time he started was like yeah. December. December. Yeah, that, end of December, as far as I know. Yeah, but I think he came on. He had a cameo. Oh, no, he's, yeah, he's he's coming on as so yeah. absolutely. But, but he and like you're saying to yourself, how is this? But Pep, actually, you know, who we'd question Pep, like you know, but he was absolutely top draw yesterday. Like. Hmm. It was like a fellow was, was after playing thirty games in a row, scoring seventy-two like, goals. And yeah, exactly. On, and it was a fit as a fiddle, as if he never didn't play yeah. a game. Like the manner in which he finishes chance as well, like that's not an easy chance. That the ball be is kind of, you know, the ball is kind of bop, is just bouncing up off the ground, and he just calmly slots it past and that Russian Allison, you know. But he was very influential in that first half in particular. But then again, yeah, all, chance every, in the second half where he could have fucking pulled it. Yeah, back. Yeah, he pulled it back as well. Yeah, but he probably saw, he, he probably saw his name and lights again. But like you look at it, and every city player in that first half, I'd say, was a nine out of ten at least, you know. But I, as you said, you have to give, like, City should have been 3 4 1 at half time, but fair credit to Liverpool. Once they got that goal at the start of the second half, the game turned, you know, and. They just scored that goal know, right out the gate, like, it's just yeah, bang. You know, the ball in from Salah, like. Fucking hell, like. Like, we, we, we credit De Bruyne for his range of passing, but the uh, yesterday in particular, but like, the ball in from Salah was f- fantastic as well, you know, and like, Mane, no hesitation, bang. It, you know, once the ball is in front of Mane, you know, he's not going to miss it, like. But like Liverpool really reacted positively in the second half, and like even as a neutral looking on, a phenomenal game of football. Actually, like I was disgusted after the West Ham game. I was disgusted with the manner we played. But that watching that game after really cheered me up for the afternoon because it was just or for the evening ahead. You like you just love watching a game of football like that as a yeah. neutral. And, uh, it's just uh, end to end chance after chance. Like I don't like all my family are Liverpool outside of me. Like, I wouldn't have the biggest craw for Liverpool at all. Like, I'd, I'd rather City beat Liverpool. But, like, oh, you know, I just looked at that and the amount of respect they have for Liverpool after that game, you know. I, like, they did not you know, I was never you know, I thought they were buried at time. But, like, Klopp obviously, you know what I mean? You know, let them know, let them have it. Yeah. You the know, only thing that they I, responded I accordingly, accordingly as well, you know. So, um, did I again? I said Klopp obviously let them have it there at half time and they responded yeah. accordingly, you know. Like yeah, Yata, Yata had a great chance after after I thought he should have done better with that one, Dan. After he equalized. He went out with his left foot kind of half hearted, you know. Uh but on the main city were probably the strongest of the two teams, created the more chances. Uh but you know, Liverpool have to take due credit for coming back and salvaging a two two draw. Uh, something that I, I haven't heard anyone saying on the media. Um, maybe they have done, I just haven't heard it, but um, it's before I come to Dan, is that, um, and it's not really a talking point, it's just a point that I want to make, is that 
Diaz wasn't playing. He's City's best defender. He wasn't playing at all whatsoever. Like, if Liverpool were playing, but Van Dijk wasn't playing, you think that Liverpool would be weakened, which they would be. So that means then that City were weakened because Diaz wasn't playing. Which I didn't really notice it. I, I don't think he would have done anything about the goals. And he was looking. I actually, I actually thought John Stones was very good yesterday. Unbelievable. Like. Yeah, yeah. Fucking a great game first yesterday. touch and everything. Yeah, yeah. Sick yeah. in your arse, that team. Uh, Dan, <laughs> what do you think of... Uh, why, obviously, Liverpool, every time they play, they have all the ball. No one can contend with them. Now you go up against someone who Liverpool is Liverpool. And you must have been going off oh, for fuck's sake. What did you think of the game? You must have been impressed. When, when the game was over... Okay, it was good to get out of there with a two-all draw, but what a fucking what a fight in there! That's a proper team, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is. I, I was pessimistic at halftime, though, as I think most Liverpool fans would have been, because it was just well. I suppose there was, there was two ways. I was thinking about it can't be any worse second half, but it just looked like if you're not if City get the third, it's over. Like you know, and it looked like after that they, they could go out. They played like that. They were definitely going to create another chance, get another goal the way we played. It just seemed we really, were really nervy. Um, the early goal didn't help us, and then we kind of got a goal out of nothing because we, we had no control of the game, even when we got our goal. We had no control at all. We just literally put about three or four passes together, and suddenly Trent was in back post and got a score. Like, 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 City were well in control at the start. There was no composure on the ball. Like, it doesn't bother uh, Liverpool, aren't bothered by teams coming and pressing them. City pressed them, but other teams have done that to us as well. It doesn't bother them. They're comfortable, but they just couldn't seem to even strain to put a pass together in defence. Even Van Dijk, who is a really good passer of the ball. Was passing out of play or making a mistake, couldn't get any ball into midfield at all. It was disappointing because that's again, Claps said it after the game, he says it all the time. It's all about playing. When you play the top teams, you have to play. Um, like, and we just didn't get any ball into midfield at all. Just nothing, nothing really at all going. So we were very, in fairness, we were very lucky to still be in the game because, you know, City, if you had a said City went in three or four up, you couldn't have argued. You know, well, like Liverpool was like, look, as good as all the are, this is just one hurdle. That unfortunately, that they just won't be able to overcome. Then no, hang on a minute, they can. They just keep. They're like the energized bunny that just keep. That won't give up. Like yeah, and it's strange because since kind of nearly the the African Nations Cup, they come out of the blocks slowly in a lot of games. Played against West Ham at home. There's a few of them ones where they were just really slow, really sloppy, and kind of grinded out a result, battled hard, and didn't weren't overly brilliant. And in the first half, you know, you get away with it. Maybe no offense to West Ham, you get away with it against club, you know, other clubs, but. You're playing someone like that at elite level, you know, you can't start slowly. They were slow in the box. And you think of Liverpool when they when they played City in the past, it's out they're in their face. Liverpool will be two up after 20 minutes. It's happened before at Anfield, you know. Um, but but it, it, it really was a to come out second half, and the early goal was obviously key. Um, and you could see City were rattled for about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes after that. Um Liverpool started to get a hold of the game. Fabinho was excellent second half. He was poor, but there wasn't a player to play well for Liverpool first half. So I'm be saying none of them were any good first half. They're all very poor. Um, second half though, I thought they got a bit of control of the game, and you can see that you can get you can get at City because where Liverpool play a high line, like I, what frustrated me was is there were several times the man it could be put in. Like Kyle Walker, I don't know where he was half the time. He was kind of doing the trend on it where he's up nearly playing right of the front three, and Walker was kind of doing that second half. I was just frustrating at times where. One thing about Henderson, he had a couple of times, he got a lot of the ball second half, Henderson, for us, but just he's not the one you want on it in that final third. You want Thiago there who'll find that pass. I thought he played well. Who? Um, Thiago. Yeah, no, I thought second half, they, 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 they all played quite well. He's actually played well a couple of times this season. He's going under the radar. I wanted United to get him a couple of years ago. I think he's a fantastic yeah. player. But what I didn't expect was, they, 
all the fancy touches and the culture at play, I, I didn't expect him to run like a dog as well. He's, oh, he's dogged, yeah. He is, and, and do you know what, that's come with him because um, when he came to us first, he was really underwhelming. Um, I wasn't really, I, I, I just thought he was poor. And I was looking at him going, yeah, he's not going to take the league here. Uh, then he got injured and then he came back and he got injured again. But once he kind of got a run of games into the team, you can see his qualities. And his tackling's a bit like kind of Paul Scholes. He probably yeah. isn't a great tackler at all. But, uh, um, and he could have went yesterday potentially as well. Like there was, you know, there, there was, I don't know where he would have been in that silly lunge if he had been already booked for the money. He probably should have been booked for previous. But, um, yeah, no, he's, he's a good player. He is, he is he's a quality player. Um, it's just a couple of times it fell to Henderson in the wrong place, kind of, you know, to pick that kind of I even needed pass where we could have maybe opened up City. Because I thought the second half now, City looked quite open. He could get at City. Even like, a, as I said there, that Walker, I thought Walker was the weak link there. He was bombing forward and then there was even loads of space in line. And that man, cheated a couple of times as well where he kind of didn't go, didn't kind of track him. And we did have a couple of breakaways where we were a bit slow to kind of play that pass. Um, thought Trent was very good actually second half because like I was worried going into the game of Phil Foden because the last couple of times we played City Foden has been the exceptional player on the pitch it wasn't De Bruyne it was Foden um, yeah. who was the one we were kind of like just he was he was running amok and he was unmarkable and I thought second half uh, Trent done really well on him um, I get what you're saying about Jesus Jesus had a good game I genuinely don't think he's that good though um, I know he had a good game and he'll work hard for you but uh, and he did have a good game yesterday, don't get me wrong. I, just, I don't think he's that good, though. Like, it wouldn't surprise me now if he doesn't really get the game for City next year. Uh, to be honest, I don't think he's that good. Um, but My point he, was he, that he, he hasn't played in so long. He hasn't started in so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes on and he scores a goal and runs like a dog That's and is goal. part of everything City was doing good. Um, yeah. I just, It's just very, very impressive. Um, look, we, we won't stay on that game forever because we move stiff. I'm not, not going to ask you about who's going to win the league. Can I just say De Bruyne was unreal, just as well. Just De Bruyne is... De Bruyne again though was and in the big games. He's not afraid. Look, if he keeps at it and yes. he just I was very surprised that uh, Klopp took off Mane. Took off Mane? Yeah, very surprised. But did, did he did he not look tired? I thought he looked tired prior to that. He was he, after like he just flourished in the game, I thought, after the goal. Yeah. 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 I mean, was then, over in, in the African Cup of Nations playing and everything else in Salah. And Salah had that's a, probably Salah why had a Dan that they're tired well, now when know, they come so. back and they start slowly because the boys are yeah. fucked. You can see it in Salah. Salah could do it. Yeah. Carragher made the point that he probably shouldn't have played against. I'd be very surprised. Me and Tech were just for a WhatsApp about the dog, lineup. The dump, yeah. Lineups to be like for the FA Cup. I, I, I could see Salah. A couple of our lads being rested. Only City will rest players. Mark, did you? Are you aware of this? Them. That the two boys are WhatsApping each other and we're not included. Like, well, maybe me and you are WhatsApping each other. Myself, we're not WhatsApp. We uh, snap. We're WhatsApping about the Farmers League next year. Yeah, we'll be in there. Uh, <laughs> Ronan and I can only do it on Snap because what we're sending each other shouldn't be seen after ten seconds. But um, look, <laughs> we move on. We're not going to talk. I'm not going to keep you too much longer now, lads. As well, um, I just want to touch on like obviously we're talking about United there. That's done and done. But Everton won. Um, Burnley lost. Uh, I didn't think like anyone who's ever watched one of these knows that I have a little soft spot for Burnley. Um, I, I have picked them at all times to go down, even though they've stayed up all the other times, and I still think they'll go down. But I was just hoping on hope that United would beat Everton and Burnley would win. Um, not that I want to see Everton going down either. Everton are a fucking incredible club, but it looks like, they have a, like they're four points clear now with the same amount of games played. I heard Lampard talking afterwards, and he said, look, I know there's not a fantastic style of play here. He said, we just need the points. He says, I have plans to stay up and next year start implementing a style of play and everything else to do. But I can't start doing that now. We just have to get points. Um, so the game against United was very hectic. And as bad knowledge as United was, and as much to give up, Everton fought like dogs. 
Mm. Uh, they did really, really well. Um, I think he might keep them up. And if he does, I think you'll get a nice little budget next year and he'll be able to do something with them. Like, I'm, I'm not saying... Obviously, there's eight games to go for them, lads, that they, they still might go down. But what do you think? Like, do you, do, you, do you think he's done enough to keep them up? Like, they're, they're four points clear now. And they're saying... Like, even, the, even with eight games remaining now, uh, like, four points still a lot to make up. Even though that sounds ridiculous. Even though there's, thinking, 20, yeah. there's 24 points to play for. Four points is a lot to... You know, at this stage of the season, like Burnley have only won four games all season. Yeah, like like Everton won't no, win so, other games, but neither will Burnley. No, like, you know, no, 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 they won't. So, uh, it's it's like I thought the pendulum had swung, and obviously Burnley's favour when they beat them last week, the time, and then yeah. that, and and like never saw that result coming at Goodison on yeah. on yeah. Saturday morning. It, like if Rashford scores one of one of them two chances early, it's a different outcome. Everton aren't aren't. Maybe going to retrieve a one goal deficit with confidence low as it is, but once they got the goal, they grew in stature throughout the game, you know. And you know, when you're playing a team that you know obviously didn't want to be on the pitch with them after they went one nil behind it, it, makes it easier for you, you know. But yeah. like as I said, 24 points to play for, like four is a small gap, but you know, when you can't buy a win at this stage of the season, it's very hard to you know see things turn turning positive positively for you. When you look at the fixtures, the, oh, sorry, it's like Burnley were able to grind that one out against Everton when they played them recently. So, Burnley have a couple of home games where you think they could get points. Hampton season is over for them, they're on the holidays for the Lux in the weekend. Phil is another one as well. Season is over for them, they're going to the same resort that United has gone to already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flip flop. And, and Villa is the other one. That, so their home games, you can see nearly Burnley getting points. And then they have Watford away, which is another one. Watford were poor. You know, I think they're they're done, aren't they? I think as well at this stage. So there, there's one. And then you look at Everton's games that they've left. It's been Leicester yeah. twice. Uh, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home. Uh, now, the ones coming towards the end, they've played Watford away. And then they've Brentford home last game of the season. You think Brentford again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of think. So, like, there, there's points to play for. Before is a big, like, I think the win against United. It could be the one that keeps them up, but it's not over. Like there's, there's, there's. Is there a squeak for? And I'm expecting three hard no's here, but is there a, a squeak for um for uh, Norwich to win six of the last eight games and stay up? <laughs> what crystal ball are you looking at? <laughs> well, the who did someone say they were like Brazil or like Barcelona? There they played like Barcelona at times this weekend. But in fairness, they were playing Burnley, who were brutal. Uh, and and I should have a handy three this weekend. They're playing United, so yeah. Burnley <laughs> conquered uh, Everton, and Everton conquered the uh, mighty United. So by that stage, Norwich should be. I know. Imagine what can can you imagine the one six of the last eight games and they stayed up? That that'd be oh, that the greatest game. And the last thing we think about then is uh, Spurs. Look, six weeks ago, if you gave me 20 euros of your money to bet on Spurs finishing fourth, I wouldn't have done it. I said all season that Arsenal will get fourth. I was sure of it. Um, I, I'm surprised they lost the last two games. I'm particularly surprised they lost the last game. Um, Spurs are playing well. The coolest left sea lads, whatever you call them, and, and the other footer brought in, seem to be playing well. Everyone seems to be playing well under Conte. They seem to be doing okay. Kane... Jesus, he, he's 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 passing the ball like I've never seen him passing in my life. Son is unbelievable. They seem to be going all well. Spurs, Spurs are probably going to finish fourth. Yeah. Do, think, do, do, um, do Spurs and Arsenal deck have games in hand, or what way does that lie? You know. Yeah, they're both on they're both on thirty. 
aren't they? Aren't no, they? no, no, no. Arsenal have thirty games, and sorry, one more. Arsenal's game many... hand is away at Chelsea. Yes. Oh, How yeah, many and, points? Arsenal and Spurs. Are, are, Arsenal and Spurs are playing each other in May as well. Sky have Sky have moved towards three the end points. of the towards the end of right. the season to to heighten up the race for top four. Yeah, they're three points ahead. I think. I mean, Spurs. Look, I mean. I didn't see them coming along at all. I mean, a couple of episodes back, I was calling for West Ham for fourth, and then I seen the amount of games that Arsenal had in hand. I was like, they're not going to mess that up. Yeah, you were changing your mind all the time for the flavour of the week. I That was spotted, all right? And I was mentioning that, a couple of the comments well, as well. Newcastle <laughs> going down, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, Listen, Deck won't, Deck won't give a shit if everything you said is wrong, as long as Man City wins the league. That's all That's he cares about. That's true. Couldn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, no, but, you know, did, you must be know. five years supporting City now, Dick, are you? Shout out to the night. a promo there. That's a promo right there. <laughs> uh, Arsenal had four games in hand. I was sure they were going to get four. Yeah, same. Look, they've, they've bottled it. Um, I did think when they were pay, playing Palace away last Monday night, I did see them dropping two points there. Not all three. I didn't think they'd lose that one. Never. Saw them losing to Brighton. That was a shock result. And all of a sudden, like it's in Spurs' hands now. Yeah. I mean, he ha- Conte has them playing really well. Kane has Kane's season started a couple of weeks back. You know, he really himself and Son they've just been brilliant. Um, Conte seems to be getting a trick out of him. You know, oh, 100 percent. And I'm delighted as well that uh, Liverpool uh, are playing Spurs because I mean that's 100 percent a game where Liverpool could drop points. So. Yeah, I know like Spurs, the Merseyside Spurs. derby and then they're playing United and on paper you think, my God, but like really if you go by just form alone, that should be too easy. But I, I believe Dan both of them games are at home. I could be wrong uh, against Spurs United. Last, and Spurs Everton. last two games of the season, Burnley and Norwich. Yeah. So if you ever needed to win two games to get top four. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of issues at Arsenal. Like they, they are after, I, I referenced here in the podcast before, I mean, they're, they're, the reason why they were doing so well was their defensive unit. But they lost Tommy Asu, who was their right back, and he's not back for a couple of weeks now. He's injured, Tierney's and then well. Tierney's Tierney's out for the season. Well, yeah. Yeah. And Ta- yeah. Thomas Party, they're saying, it could be out for six weeks. So he and he was in the middle. So like that's three of their starting eleven, and we already kind of know that their bench isn't strong. So that's one of their problems. Uh, the fact that they've blown all their games at hand is another problem, and their fixtures aren't kind. Like the Chelsea away, West Ham, uh, West Ham away, and Tottenham and Newcastle away. Like they're not easy games for them. Um, and then when you look at Spurs, like. Matt Doherty, playing like the Matt Doherty that was at Wolves. Um, yeah, but he, but he hadn't played. He's been playing so well. If you remember when Chelsea, uh, uh, Conte was at Chelsea, he got a he got a serious um, uh, spin out of Victor Moses at right back. He seems to just be able to get you know players that really aren't that good to, to play really well. Um, and then the front three are unreal. I was just looking there like so, uh, they've, they've 25 goals in the last seven games, Spurs. Like that's some going yeah. at this stage of the season. Um, and if you look at the game, the, the running that they have as well, like they've never put away is the most difficult game. But they, the, the rest of them, you would think, they could take all the points from it. And their goal difference is also 10 better, given the fact there's three points in it. They have a 10 better goal difference than Arsenal as well. So I think it's Spurs. Is really, look, unless Spurs do a Spursy, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal, when Evan said a few weeks ago he doesn't trust Arsenal still to go through it, and he's been right because they're after blowing that, haven't they? Big time. So. Just look, I'll finish up the podcast now, but I just think it's important to say this. Like, and I have no affinity to Arsenal at all, but you know, let's not be contradicting ourselves here. So, if 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 we're all saying that United need to get in at manager, 
and he needs to be getting rid of people that he doesn't want and he needs to be given time and some games he will win and some games he won't win and give him time and stick with him. Is that not exactly what Arsenal's doing? They brought in Arteta, they got rid of Aubameyang. I, I wouldn't say they bottled it. I'd say they're a work in progress and I still like Mikel Arteta. I still like the team but they are just that, a work in progress. So, even if they end up finishing fifth, I, I wouldn't say the bottle it, and I wouldn't say it's typical Arsenal and stuff like that. You know, I I, I, I really like him, um, and I think he's doing a good job, and I think they'll lose more games as the season goes on, and they'll lose games next season as well. But I think give them time, let them do exactly what we said United should do. They, they're ahead of us in that process, by the way. Yeah. Arsenal, they've already had yeah. the manager in. They're, they're doing what they're doing. Um, I don't know, I just don't think we should say he's bottling it because they're after losing the two games. He's... um. I think he's doing well and he's going to there's games he's going to lose next year as well that he might have won there's mistakes they're going to make at the back they're going to be found out wanting sometimes just a little bit of improvement every 10 or 15 games every season a small bit of improvement but um, like the way the way like the way like the fans would see that now is, or the media see that like he had no Europe contending with he was out of the Cups early this year losing a home to Brighton Brighton a clear, a clear, a clear road a clear road ahead of him one game a week into the English media were banned from uh, Ajax's press conference for the big game at the weekend because they didn't want yeah. them asking Ten Hag the questions up their fucking hole I was delighted for them their questions are ridiculous they asked the silliest questions you've ever seen in your life and they asked the same question five different ways to try to get him to say something that he's not going to say yeah. look yeah. we leave it at that great game at the weekend class football Premier League seems to be the best league in the world that'll have to be proven by one of them winning the Champions League um, so look Obviously, everyone watching this knows what happened. We don't know. For all we know, Liverpool's not in the Champions League now. Maybe Man City fell, fell asunder against Atletico Madrid. Don't like the battle. Don't like the... <laughs> I'm not starting that again. Right, guys, look, thanks for coming on. And I'll chat to you. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.